for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Welcome back to another episode of Agile FM, my first recording of uh, 23. I'm going into my second decade of uh, Agile FM and uh, I'm super, super happy to have Jeff Gotthelf back to Agile FM, author. He doesn't really need an introduction, but he's the author of Lean UX, Sensor Respond and Forever Employable and uh, Lean versus Agile versus Design Thinking. And maybe there is another one in the making we can talk about. But first and foremost, Jeff, welcome to the podcast again. Joe, it's a pleasure to see you. Um, we were just talking before you hit record how long we've known each other. And uh, it's fun. It's fun to keep chatting all these years and seeing where these conversations go. Because they, they do get interesting. Like they, they, don't, they don't get stale. Yeah. And uh, it all evolves, you know. Thank you. Yes. And uh, we go all the way back. I mean, to two days where Agile looked very, very different. You wrote several books in between. Um, I've been active not only here on the podcast, but also through work. And uh, so our paths constantly cross. And obviously, you always have interesting content to share. Today, we want to talk a little bit about OKRs. Um, on social media, I see you um, a lot of uh, responses and material you're releasing on um okr and uh obviously very very interested in this topic and it's not brand new mm -hmm. so there are some people that are talking about okrs what is okrs but uh um <laughs> i did some research on it it's 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 old but obviously it hasn't really taken off at that time so it really started like um way before but google really started introducing okrs as far as that's my understanding but even at that time it wasn't really popularized um what's what's attracting you to uh okrs yeah super interesting right so it's, it's a technique that's been around more than 40 years uh, andy grove at intel um and before him uh you know man managing by walking uh managing by objective sorry management by objective was kind of a, the first name for it um and then google popularized it what's interesting to me about it and it's kind of like the same thing that happened with with um, sort of lean and and agile and lean startup and all these uh, different things is that I, I think the reason why objectives and key results are having their moment in the sun right now and everybody's interested is because the technology that we use to deliver products and services and build businesses on top of today is continuous and it allows us to learn continuously. And at the pace of the market. So whereas if you think about, you know, when I started working professionally in the late 90s, I worked at America Online, you know, and it was far from continuous, right? We, right. It was very much not continuous. We worked for nine months to build software and then print 15 million CDs and then send them out and then wait <laughs> to, see, to see what happens, right? Um, I think OKRs would have failed because it would take too long to get feedback on whether or not you had a meaningful impact on the people who used your, your product or your service. And so as a goal-setting framework, it would have been too bad. But today, you can get feedback instantaneously if you've got enough of an audience size, yeah. and certainly very quickly in, in, a, in, in the majority of cases. And so th this is why this is an interesting topic for me, number one. And I think this is why it's getting a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing here is that, to it, in my opinion, and, and, I, and I can explain this in a, in a minute, I think objectives and key results are the gateway to agility. 
Mm -hmm. right? So if we kind of keep capital A agile out of it for just a second, right? And we talk about the the noun agility, um, I think that objectives and key results, when done correctly, demand that an organization behaves in an agile way, that they increase their, their agility. We can explain why, but to me, that's why I'm so passionate about it these days is because for all the organizations that have implemented some version of Agile, some version of Lean UX or Lean Startup or Design Thinking and have struggled with it, I believe that if now, if they if they kind of give it another shot and they start with OKRs as their goals, they stand a better chance of succeeding. Mm -hmm. Goal setting. And I actually like your, your comment about the, the entry point or the, the access point for, for Agility. Um, that aside, I've been in my career, I've been goal setting and goal and strategies and et cetera. I've been listening to this for a long, long time in, in organizations since I can think of in my professional career. Why is it so difficult uh, out there? What do you think? Why, from a leadership's perspective, why does it seem so so hard, uh, the goal setting piece? I think, uh, you know, I don't want to speak for everybody, but it feels like we're pretty good with, uh, you know, agile on the team level. Uh, building a product, maybe scaling, things like that. So we're, there's a lot of things we have, but it's like the, the goal setting piece seems to be like struggling. Why, why do you think that is? Yeah, look, I think leadership has been trained on 100 years of management um, canon that's based heavily in production, right? And, and we've, I know we've talked about this in the past, but their managers are trained to optimize production even today, which doesn't make sense in a software-based world as, as you know. And so you've yeah. got the, the, the staff of, of a team of, a, of an enterprise or an organization trying to work in an agile way. And they have demands being put on them that are very linear, that are production oriented, that are very prescriptive, go build me this thing, make sure it does these three things, does them in this way, and just try to get it done by Friday, if you can. And, and that grinds the, you know, the, the gears grind there, right? You've got agile sort of turned teams trying to go one way, and the organizational and leadership demands going the other way. And, and but but it's first of all, management's comfortable with that way of setting goals. It's super easy to measure. Mm -hmm. it's, it's binary, right? Like right. it's it's you know, did did you make the thing? Yeah, here's the thing. I made it, right? Yeah. So if you made the thing, then you did a good job, and I should reward you. And I can, and, and it's easy to measure, right? I didn't make the thing. I did make the thing. Easy to measure, easy to manage, easy to reward. When we change the goal, and this is what OKRs does, right? This is o OKRs at its core, when done correctly, and why it's powerful, is the goal changes from output to outcome. It changes from make me a thing to positively impact the behavior of the person using the thing. Right. Now, the interesting thing about that is that that is not binary. So for example, let's talk, uh, you know, um, you could say um, an output goal could be build the mobile app. Okay, mm -hmm. hey, we built the mobile app, okay? An outcome version of that said, we'd like to get at least 50% of our revenue to come through the mobile channel. Like we'd like people to spend at least 50% of the money that they spend with us through the mobile channel, right? That's mm -hmm. a behavior change, mm -hmm. right? The goal is not deliver a mobile app. The goal is get folks to spend at least half 
of their of their you know lifetime value, whatever you want to call it, um, through the mobile channel. Yeah. Now let's say let's say that you give that goal to a team, and at the end of a quarter or six months, they come back and say, "Look, we got you know about twenty seven percent of the revenue is coming through the mobile channel." What do you do with that team? Did they do a good job? Did they do a bad job? Did, did you fire them? Like they didn't they didn't hit fifty percent, right? <laughs> Um, and, and that becomes really difficult. Uh, that's one of the ways why this becomes difficult, right? Is this sense of, well, I don't know what to do with that because like, what, what if they hit 42%, or right. 27 maybe, right? But if they got to 42 or 43%, what do you do with that as a manager, right? And, and I don't think that a leadership uh, is, the folks who are in leadership positions are necessarily equipped to deal with that today. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's one of the main reasons why this goal setting is challenging. The other th- reason why this is challenging is because I think leaders are used to telling people what to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Go make this thing, build it this way, and ship it by Friday. When you change that, when you change from output to outcome, right? Build me the mobile app. Mm-hmm. Super clear, super clear in the sense that, like, okay, and I want the mobile app to enable online commerce and search and make sure everybody's got an, a profile. Okay, right drive 50% of revenue through the mobile channel does not tell the team what to do. Mm -hmm. And that is really scary for people in a leadership position because all of a sudden they don't really have an answer to the question, well, what is the team doing right now? Mm -hmm. What's the team working on? And, And that's terrifying because they feel like they should know that. And, and to, to yeah. a certain degree, they should. Um, and they also feel like they should be telling them that. So there's a, there's a trust that they have to have in the team that the team is making good decisions. Yeah, it seems to be like a, a, a cultural change is, is needed not only for OKR, but also for everything that follows the OKR, right? Because it's the it's not only the, the framework of understanding how to set goals differently, but it's also how to work differently, right? So your point, like 42%, I mean, is that a negative result? You know, when 50 was, you know, and, you know, if that was a lengthy process, let's say, of building a product, uh, there could be many things could happen that uh, could be still a success, right? Um, yeah. So it's an, it's an interesting thing. So in terms of leadership, there's another tool for, for leaders to acquire, right? That's, that's I think that's what I'm hearing. Like, it's not only to understand OKR, but also to understand the agile piece entirely working with teams. It's, it's highly complementary to agile or agility. And yeah. number one, and we'll talk about that in a second. But the um, it's such a simple concept, mm-hmm. and yet it is so difficult to implement simply by switching from managing the output to managing the outcome. Right. So overall, like if, if we just I can define it for you in thirty seconds. Right. The objective mm-hmm. is qualitative, aspirational inspirational and time bound, right? It's the reason we get out of bed every morning, right? We want to be the go-to destination for online furniture sales in Europe by the end of the year, mm-hmm. right? That's a qualitative aspirations. Why, what, why are we doing this? Because we're trying to be the go-to destination for online furniture sales in Europe by the end of the year, okay? Easy, easy enough. How do we know we've done that? The key results are measures of human behavior, right? They are the, the, the things that people will do differently that tell us that we are the go-to destination for online furniture sales in Europe. 
right? That is uh, that that that's critical, and it's, and it's things like um, it could be average order value, it could be repeat customer, uh, percentage of repeat customers, it could be referrals, it's, it's lots lots of different behaviors that we could measure there. Super easy concept, but as you start to implement it, this is where it gets difficult. So we talked about measurement, right? We talked about the 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 fact that you're not telling teams what to build. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then on top, but, but the, the, the compatibility here with agile ways of working and agility is, is it's nearly an overlapping circle because essentially what you're saying is team, I need you to go out and discover mm-hmm. continuous learning and improvement and iteration, the best combination of code, copy, design, value proposition business model that will affect behavior change in this way. Right. And so the team conceives hypotheses, mm-hmm. begins to do discovery work. Now discovery work is design thinking, lean UX, lean startup, research, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then based on that evidence, they start to invest in the hypotheses that deliver the behavior change that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And they remove effort or, or pivot or, or kill the hypotheses that don't deliver the behavior change that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, changing course based on evidence is being agile. In mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's highly, highly compatible, um, but it takes this tremendous, to your point, cultural and organizational shift in understanding how, uh, how work has to shift to, to account for this new goal. Right, so we got the the leadership piece. There's definitely uh, a different kind of engagement and and involvement is is needed, right? Coming, you know, using OKRs and working with agile teams. If we're going on to the agile team level, so what I hear is the teams are focusing on um, outcomes, right, rather than output, right? And uh, um, but you also, and this is this very interesting because I think that brings out the self organization part of an uh, of a team. Uh, pretty clearly is uh, the teams should not fe- focus on the features or we shouldn't be focusing on the features. We should be focusing on the, on the outcome. Yeah. How do we have to see that? That's an interesting piece. I came across one of your uh, LinkedIn posts uh, recently and that was, uh, uh, it was quite interesting, right? So not to focus on the features, but to focus on the outcomes that really drives a totally behavioral change on the team level. Yeah. Can you uh, explore a little bit? I mean, so, so look, let's go back again, 20 years, right? Yeah. Go back 20 years in time, the, the delivery of software to production 20 years ago, even 10 years ago for the majority of organizations out there was an event, right? It, it was a thing. Like, I mean, honestly, uh, we had parties, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like literally, we literally <laughs> threw parties when we delivered software to production because it took nine months to get there, right? Right. And, and, you know, and we get a t-shirt with the name of the project on, and we celebrated the delivery of software, right? Today, you can ship software to production if you choose to, as an organization, as fast as you want, mm-hmm. right? There's literally no limit on it. Amazon's doing it once every second. Right. That's, that's kind of the speed. And so the, the delivery of software is a non-event at this point, right? Our ability to get ideas into the hands of customers to, to learn whether or not it positively impacted their behavior in ways that we expected or not 
And then to to react to, to that, to ship, sense, and respond, if you'll indulge me a little promotion yeah. of our second book, right? Yeah. Um, uh, is is it's at everybody's fingertips, right? And so this this idea that we're focusing on a feature doesn't really like. Of course, we have to ship the features. Yeah, but we can ship anything we want as quickly as we want. And so the sooner and 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 any of our assumptions or hypotheses are going to be wrong to some extent. Mm -hmm. And so the sooner that we can find out where we're wrong and where we're right allows us to change course and to adjust more quickly, right? That's the agility that we're looking for. And so that begins, and and because the delivery of software is is a non-event, the focus isn't on, did we get the thing out the door? It's did getting the thing out the door shift the behavior in the right way. And if it didn't, let's find out why. And if it did, let's find out why and do more of that. Right. And, to, and to me, that's, and it's a really difficult conversation for everybody involved in the management and the delivery of products, digital products and services, because it's really easy to think about features. It's, it's a concrete thing. Yeah. Well, Jeff, you have uh, so far published four books, right? If I count it correctly, yeah. right? Um, and uh, this is not the big reveal, I would assume, in the in the world of agile books. But there is a book five in the making. There is, uh, there is, and I'm super excited to be co-writing with Josh Seiden again. Um, I, I've continued to work with Josh Seiden continuously for yeah. 15 years at this point. Um, we wrote Lean UX together. We wrote Sense and Respond together. We've built a couple of businesses together and we continue to deliver work together on a regular basis. And he had a tremendously successful, that continues to be successful book called Outcomes Over Output. Um, mm -hmm. And so we decided to, to join forces again on a book and put out an OKR book. We're still working on a title, but the goal is to get it out in October of this year. And it's designed to be the practical, tactical guide for justifying OKRs and then writing them and, and kind of what happens next and how to implement them and what, what to watch out for in a, in, a, in a large organization. So if you think about sort of measure what matters, John Doerr's book sort of as the kind of the big lofty introduction to OKRs, which has a few things in it that I, I don't necessarily agree with. Um, and you think about Christina Whitkey's books, uh, Radical Focus and Radical Focus 2.0 is being fantastic, generally focused on a single team, though. So it's kind of where's the sort of the practical uh, guide for larger teams and, and teams at scale. That's what we are uh, going for with this right. book. Super That's exciting. Awesome. Yeah, super exciting, right? And you also have a course, like a self-paced course about OKRs, right? Mm. People can see you do it at jeffgotthealth.com. If you um, if you had to you know have like a thread through like in terms of topics and how they are like intertwined and in you know linked together out of those uh, books, do you see like a like Lean UX? Obviously, was a that was a big book coming out in the beginning of your um, not career but author's career, right? Um, and um, and then obviously now there is a, a book about OKR. How does this all like connect with each other? If you had to say like, okay, there is a, I wrote Lean UX, I wrote Sense and Respond, I talked uh, Lean versus Agile versus Design Thinking, and now there comes this other one, maybe even the one from Josh, that book that somehow also uh, topic-wise fits in. But what what is the theme here? What is what is it? Yeah, it, 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 it's a good question. And, and no one's ever asked me that question. So I, I like this question. Um, 
So look, LeanUX was a, a sharing back of ways that we had figured out through trial and error for practicing design, user experience and design in agile software development environments. That's kind of where it started in its first edition. In its third edition, now it's a bit more broad about, you know, kind of how do, how do teams design and build great products in an agile environment. Um, the feedback from Lean UX since the day it came out was, generally speaking, uh, yeah. I, I love the book, uh, would love to work this way. My boss doesn't, won't let me. My company doesn't work this way. And so, so to Josh and I, that was a clear uh, call, a, send, you know, a, a signal from the market that said there's, there's something to be done here. People want to work this way, but their bosses don't understand why or how. And so yeah. Sense and Respond was literally a response to the feedback that we sensed from Lean UX. It was, it was a business book designed for leaders. I think, we've met, I think we maybe used the word agile in there twice in 50,000 words. And that was by design, right? It was, it was to try to build, to write an evergreen book. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that worked out well. And what's interesting is that then, then folks began to take that, that advice to heart and they started getting their teams training. Mm -hmm. And so we're hearing from our clients while well, we're in their training with, with maybe with lean, lean UX, product discovery, design thinking, um, you know, there's a lot of agile training going on and these, and the feedback from organizations was, look, we're training everybody yeah. in, in, in startup and, and lean thinking and, and design thinking and lean UX and, and agile and scrum. And it, the magic isn't happening, yeah. right? Why isn't the magic happening? And it's interesting because I, f I felt like we were pretty successful, like convincing folks that, you know, the stuff in lean UX was good. The stuff in sense and respond was accurate. And now they were trying to make it all happen, but they were kind of buying sort of ad hoc training and trying to make it all together, make it all work together. So that's where lean versus agile versus design thinking came from. And, and in hindsight, I, I regret not calling it lean and agile and design thinking, right? Like that's the only the only change I would make because fundamentally the the philosophies is the same in my opinion underneath those those ideas. And so that would have helped people kind of get a better sense of, how to unite those processes and build those environments. Mm -hmm. And then finally, kind of coming full circle to this OKR book today, um, it feels like, well, it's, it's what we talked about before, right? It feels like the, the product development parts of an organization get it, right? They get, mm. you know, lean, agile, and design thinking. But the leadership part of the organization is still making demands on them that reflect reflect old ways of thinking and old ways of working. So an OKR book, mm -hmm. if it can convince an organization to set goals in this new way, paves the way for the product development teams to be successful with everything else we've provided them over the last decade. Right. So that's that's the thread between it all. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's almost like we should have done the OKR book first <laughs> and then come this way, but you know, here we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah, no, this is awesome. And it's, it's many of those uh, readers out there, listeners right now who have read your material, uh, they will know that not only will you write about it, it's going to be a great book, right? As the other ones too. Um, but it's also going to probably going to create a, a bigger interest in, in that topic. So I'm excited about that because OKRs, uh, from what I understand, is also uh, creating a higher level of experimentation. Um, yeah. On teams, right? This is something I'm personally very um, 
uh, interested about, right? So um, um, Lidos, obviously, as we already pointed out, is uh, is something that that would need to be coming on board with that kind of uh, concept, and uh, I think holistically drive this. So this is super interesting. Um, yeah, that is. Uh, so you have material out. You have uh, you you have training about this topic. You're writing a book about OKRs and. Um, the title is still unknown. We don't know that yet. It's, it's TBD. I've been asking ChatGPT to help me, uh, yeah. and uh, it's, it's done okay. It's generated some yeah. decent titles overall, um, right. and at least at least some, some something to, to spark the brainstorm. Yeah. Uh, two quick questions at the uh, at the end here uh, before we before we depart. Um, so. If some leader is out there and it's like, I first time I really hear OKRs, um, maybe something's like I've, I've heard about it, but I really have no idea about, okay, what, what's your recommendation for uh, leaders, um, how to get started with that or possibly get uh, warmed up to the topic. And also for maybe the other side we have touched on in this podcast, the teams, right? Um like let's say there's a scrum team, let's just make it very specific, right? And let's say there's a scrum team. How does scrum and OKRs, how does that all link together in your opinion? Yeah, so uh, look, I, th I think I think there's a challenge. I, I wouldn't recommend measure what matters anymore, even though it's on every executive's desk, just because there's some things in there. Fundamentally, he's okay with with outputs as key results, and, and mm -hmm. I'm not. So, so I, I have to disagree with that. I'm sorry, John. Okay. Um, but, uh, but otherwise, uh, and I think like Christina's books are amazing. Christina Woodkey's book, Radical Focus is amazing. I just, you know, it's, it's generally focused on startups and, and single teams. And so if you're looking for, for sort of a, a quick primer, um, there is, first of all, there's endless content on my blog, but the OKR course, uh, which is, which is super, in my opinion, super affordable. Um, it's 68 minutes of video mm -hmm. and, and. I think that that's a fair ask. Yep. If you're looking for a very short distillation of that, I did a um, I did a kind of a video podcast about two years ago with a, a show called Product Beats. Mm -hmm. It's a Swedish okay. set of folks, I think, and it was like 18 minutes long. And all I did was talk about OKRs for 18 minutes. And so, if you if you just want to invest 18 minutes, that's a great uh, that's a great little podcast to get into. And and that would that would really kind of break it down very very clearly as to the mm -hmm. what the how the why some of the, tr the 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 traps and the and the things to watch out for. So those those are good places to start. All of those are good places to start. Yeah, and maybe people will later refer to this twenty five minute podcast of Agile FM and say like that might be the, the starting point of the starting points, right? For, uh, yeah, um, I hope so. <laughs> what about teams? What are the changes on a Scrum team, for example? If if somebody says, "Hey, we're going to introduce OKRs into our yeah. organization," what's the impact on a Scrum team, for example? So, so this is where it gets it, this is where it gets interesting, right? Because again, like if if you didn't if you don't tell the team what to make, they've got to go discover. They've they've got to go figure it out. If they don't know how to do discovery, or if they're not allowed to do discovery, then they're just going to retrofit their existing backlog into the goals that you've set for them, and that gets us nowhere. Right. Yeah. That, that doesn't, we, we've changed nothing at that point. Right. right. Um, and so what changes at the team level is you have to start doing discovery and then building that into your sprints. Mm -hmm. So dual track agile, we, we know that term for a long time, right. Discovering delivery with the same team doing both types of work. 
um, writing hypotheses, testing them, changing things based on evidence. That's key. So if you don't know how to do that, you have to get training for it. If your company won't allow you to do that, but they're setting OKRs as goals, you have to raise your hand. Mm-hmm. You have to say, look, I, I appreciate you going down this path, but if we can't go and talk to customers, if we can't run experiments, if you won't allow us to carve time out of every sprint for learning, then we've changed nothing. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. Oh, that's that's great advice, uh, Jeff. Um, this is um, this is awesome. So we we learned a lot. Yeah. Jeff is working on a new book. It's going to be about OKRs or related content. Um, we heard a little bit about leaders, teams. Um, we uh, got a little bit um, advice, and that's all packed into twenty five minutes. There's only one sad piece uh, about this podcast, and that is that I heard that we are not having any kind of launch parties anymore. And, <laughs> there's no, and no, there's and no, no more printed parties. t-shirts and no more printed t-shirts that oh the, those days are over so for everybody <laughs> releasing software today you're missing out but uh, other than that we're gonna see great great improvements that's awesome it's, it's yeah. true it is sad i mean i, I miss my yeah. project diamond t-shirt <laughs> you know project emerald that was the one after diamond those were amazing <laughs> uh, that's awesome thanks jeff for uh joining me here on this uh, podcast my pleasure, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. It's great chatting with you. It's good to see you again. Same here. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.